Hello, exceptional people. You are now listening to Change Today, a new podcast about how we can better society. I'm your creator and co-host, Mary Mantone. And I'm co-host, Molly Quatrici. And today, we will be doing things a little bit differently. This is going to be part one of a two-part series, um, and it's going to be about rape culture. But before we get into that, let's catch up. How is it going, Molly? At this point in the semester, I'm just trying to make it through. Yeah. It's really weird because we obviously, so this is COVID semester, so we don't have any breaks. Not at all. Um, and I feel like we need that day after midterms to just, like, catch our breath. And, like, really Veterans do. Day is coming up, and, like, we don't have it off. Nope. And I think we're everyone just, like, burning out at this point. They, we are burning out in I love my professors, but they are not understanding about work during this time. Yeah. I've been doing double the work this entire time that I had last year. Yeah, this semester has been significantly harder for me than it was last year. I have one professor that I have for two classes, and she's, like, super understanding, and she's let up a lot on us. But the other ones, I just don't think they notice. I don't think so either. Okay, I have a question for you, Molly. Okay. What is your love language, would you say? Touch, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I knew that. I, I knew that about you. Yes. <laughs> I feel like it's pretty obvious. I'm very close. I don't know how to describe it, but like, yeah. if you see me like around my friends, we like are always like very close and we'll like, like hug and we like lay down together, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah don't really know what mine is I have like a really weird relationship with touch yes because if I'm expecting it and I can see it I tolerate it really well if you're trying to surprise me or like certain parts like my neck oh hate that cannot handle that um stomach oh nope can't handle that either (laughs) so that's so funny super weird about touch but I feel like it also is my love language because I just like when I'm around people I can't help but like tap your shoulder like like it's so natural to like hug someone or like lean on somebody right you know like those things that comes so like so I'm a little touchy but I hate when people are touchy towards me even people (laughs) that are like family and like my best friends I like want to get to a level where I'm okay with it but right now it's right. not for me. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. I wonder if there's a word for that. A love language that is touch, but also not really, question mark? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> and with that, let's get right into it. Like Miriam said before, the topic we'll be discussing today is rape culture. So, what is rape culture? It's an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and in pop culture. It is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language, the objectification of women's bodies, and the glamorization of sexual violence, creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. It was coined in the 1970s, and it shows the ways in which society blames victims of sexual assault it normalizes male sexual violence. It allows us to live in a society where it is acceptable to teach sexualized violence prevention as don't get raped in air quotes instead of don't rape. Both men and women assume that sexual violence is a fact of life, that it is inevitable. But what is acceptable and as inevitable can be changed 
as it is just the expression of values and attitudes which have been accepted. So this notion of rape culture has been around pretty much since patriarchy has existed. Rape culture specifically was coined in the United States, like Molly said, in the 1970s, and it has been on the rise since the 1980s. The term rape culture came from the pro-feminist movement. Um, So there obviously have been two feminist awakenings, and then people have been calling the, like, since, like, 2015 up until now, like, the third awakening um, because of, you know, the Me Too movement, Believe Women movement, and just, like, the general Gen Z culture. So that also has kind of upped the ante when it comes to rape culture. People are more aware of it now. People are kind of, are finally really learning what it means. Because when it came, when the word originated, it was used between, like, feminists who were aware of the movement or part of it. And now when you say rape culture, people have a general understanding of what it is. I think it's sometimes misconstrued in the media. Actually, it is misconstrued. It is misconstrued in the media. But I feel like if you aren't actively looking into it, you might not have an exact idea of what it is and the history behind it, how we as people can stop it. So here we are to help you through it. So some examples of rape culture are the fact that one in six women are sexually assaulted in their lifetimes. That statement within itself is like beyond crazy. That's not a high number at all. That means if you gather a group of six women you know, one of them at least probably has been sexually assaulted. Just think about that. I have a set of five cousins and I'd be number six. We're all, like, right at the same age, practically, and we're all girls, and we're, like, the best of friends, and one of us has or will be sexually assaulted in our lives. Exactly. It shouldn't be so normal. To kind of put that in um, perspective for all of you, as to why that number is so high, we kind of have to look at legislation and just the way that rape is handled in America. So, if we look at a group of a thousand women all of which have been sexually assaulted. Out of those 1,000, only 230 will report to the police that they were assaulted. Now, we'll get into the reasons of why more women don't report later on in the podcast, but just remember that number. Out of 1,000, only 230 will report. Out of those 230 who reported, only 46 will lead to arrests. 46 out of 230. That's it. And this is just like an arrest. It's not like a charge. It's not. Yeah, we're not sending you to jail. This is just, you did something wrong. You're going to be brought in. Right. Now, out of those 46, only nine will go to trial. District attorneys will sometimes turn, actually not sometimes, most times will turn away rape cases because they feel like it's a he said, she said situation that they don't want to put up with. So only nine will go to trial. Out of those nine, only five will lead to felony grade convictions, and only 4.5 of them will serve time in prison. Ridiculous. So we go from a thousand perpetrators to only 4.5 men, or not men, I'm sorry, perps serving time. Right. And the fact that it goes from 230 to 46. That, that drop is crazy. What? And we're also going to talk about why the 230 drops to 46, 
And it has a lot to do with the way that police, families, and just neighbors within that town deal with a new rape case. Right. So many women are sexually assaulted multiple times in their lives. And the constant threat of sexual assault affects women's daily lives. Women go about their day versus how men have to go about their day and the things women have to ask themselves before going out. So this includes things like, what am I going to wear today? How do I wear it? When I'm walking down the street, how should I walk and how should I present myself? Should I carry something with me in case I'm walking through a bad area? If somebody's following me, where do I go? What do I do? Who am I with? Should I be with a guy? Should I be with more than one girl? Things like this. And these are questions that men like never have to ask themselves. And I actually was in class and our professor asked us, girls, what before you go out to like a party, what questions are you asking? For me, it was who is going to be sober right um who are we um let's all share our location yes where is our meetup if somebody gets lost yes and who's sticking with who at all times exactly and when we get there who's keeping an eye on everyone right and basically all the girls in the class gave like very similar answers like who's the mom of the group today the boys in the class they were like um we just go do i have my wallet maybe I'll ask that. And it's just like, it's not, that's not a bad thing. No, like, it's not. You're not wrong to not have to worry about it. It's just the fact that we do and men don't. That is the problem. Mm-hmm. And also like past, we're both college students and we, this podcast, we really are aiming it towards college students, but that's not to say that rape just stops existing it once it leaves the campus. Cause that is not true. And then we can also see this in if a woman is getting into an Uber. I'm sharing my location. I'm calling somebody and staying on FaceTime until I'm out of that car. I'm checking the car to make sure that in case there's a child lock or something Mm -hmm. to make sure that it opens if I need to get out. Right. It's just like things like that or walking to your car after leaving work at night. Yes. If you're working like a closing shift at a convenience store at a whatever. I'd have my manager watch while I get into my car. And I'd always carry my key in between my knuckles. Yup, that's a must. Every time. And I made sure I got in my car so fast. I never actually check the bottom of my car. And as soon as I'm unlocking my door, I'm always like, oh my God, I'm so nervous (laughs) that I have to get in so fast. Because someone could be under there. Yeah, which is like... Not how it should be. That is not normal. The subject of just being scared out it is I don't want to say it's a false narrative because it's not and like these precautions are important to take but it kind of feeds into this notion that also is a part of rape culture that there are good men and there are bad men the good men are the ones that you're friends with the ones that you go out with the ones that you study with even just like the ones that you casually say hi to in the hallways you know after a third period you always see them those are the good men And the bad men are the creepers lurking around in the alleys. For some people, it's minorities, homeless people, people on drugs. Those are the bad men. And the good men will never rape you. 
and the bad men will, which is why you have to always be cautious when going out, why you have to check under your car and all this. However, we know now that most rapes will occur between people that know each other. Yes, and it's usually the good men who are the perpetrators, unfortunately, but that is the case. In fact, the National Sexual Violence Resource Center says that 8 out of 10 rapes happen by someone that you know. We don't want to erase the notion that you could just get raped while walking to your car at night. Because that obviously can happen. But don't just assume that because you know someone that they are looking out for your best interest and they, they won't do that to you. Sorry, but... Next, we're going to talk about some examples of how rape culture is perpetuated. And the very first example is teaching women to avoid getting raped instead of teaching men not to rape. This within itself is, I mean, not logical. Why are we being reactive instead of proactive? Exactly. That's like when calling the cops after somebody's already been killed instead of trying to you know, prevent them from being killed. It's It doesn't make sense. And it kind of goes along with the good man versus bad man narrative. A lot of the things we're taught are, like, wear your hair up in a bun so you can't have it be yanked, like, while you're walking. Or wear tight, don't wear baggy clothing so that way you can be easily grabbed. Things like that. But a lot of times that's not the scenario where you end up getting raped. So why are we being taught, I mean, obviously being taught these things are are important, but it's not where it usually happens. Right. And then there is the other side of it where it's like, don't show too much skin, don't drink, don't do this. It's like, don't leave your drink alone. Exactly. And again, women take these precautions. Yes. But even if they don't, that's not the reason they're going to get raped. And it's not their fault either. Yeah. Nothing a woman does will ever, I'm sorry, not woman, nothing a victim or survivor does will make rape their fault. So stop teaching them how not to get raped. Instead, teach them how to be resilient and then teach men not to rape. Exactly. These women are not objects. They're people. People with feelings and emotions and values and goals, hopes, dreams. And all of that can be taken away after you get raped. Mm -hmm. Just because the trauma from an experience like this is something very difficult to overcome. And that kind of leads into the subject of toxic masculinity. Yes. You know, so first of all, let's start. What is toxic masculinity? It also kind of came out in this like third awakening. The term became really popular Within the last five years, it's also pretty much existed since the 80s, but it was really now that people understand what it means. And it's this notion that we have to teach men to be strong. We teach men not to show their emotions. Real men don't cry. You like, don't be weak, man up, things like that. And all of this promotes men who don't know how to deal with their emotions. So instead of letting it out in proper fashion, ranting to your friends, having a good cry in the shower, whatever it is, instead it builds up into this aggression that they don't know how to release. And since they're men 
and they're strong and they're powerful and we're women and we're lesser than and not as strong, that means they can assert their power and dominance over us at any time. This notion of men always having to be strong, men not allowed to have emotions, it really messes with their brains. I mean, I'm not trying to take away blame from a rapist. Like, if you're a rapist, you're a rapist. But society doesn't help the situation. Parents don't help the situation. If you're raising your boys like this, you're going to get a toxic man. So the next example is victim blaming. This is probably the most crucial and the most detrimental to women it and definitely survivors. Is. Because it goes along with those questions we were discussing earlier. A lot of the times if someone comes forward, if they're able to and willing to talk about their experience, they'll be like, oh, but what were you wearing? But what were you drinking? Who were you with? Why did you did say you stop? Like, things did like you that. push them off? Did you scream for help? Right. And the problem is, if you are just a person and your friend is telling you about this, maybe you don't know how to respond. Maybe right. society has really trained you to see her as the problem, yes. all due to rape culture. However, we expect that healthcare professionals and that police are gonna ask the right questions right but if i'm giving my statement to an officer and he's asking me did you say stop did you scream for help why didn't you try running away why were you drinking so much exactly why are you wearing that and expecting not to get raped it's counterproductive and it invalidates the experience completely because then you're going to think it's your fault and that you deserve to have this happen to you. And another thing about police, sometimes women don't know. And if you're a woman, please, please know that if you ever get sexually assaulted, if you think you've been roofied, um, anything in the dome of sexual violence, please go to a hospital, especially if you live in Massachusetts, they will cover the costs. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they will cover the costs, especially if you're a college student. Please go. Because if you get rape tested, they can use that in court. If you go to a police first, which isn't necessarily the wrong answer, but a lot of the times they won't ask you to go get tested. Right. So now, and even if it's not rape, if it's assault in a different way, the um, health professionals will know. They'll be bruising. You can tell when they'll be able, they'll know. They know what it looks like. Right. So please go. If you, I'm not sure about other states. I wish I, pull, I wish I pulled up the facts. But if you're from Massachusetts, please go to a hospital. You will be treated. They'll give you new clothes and everything will be covered for you. And it's going to help you in the end if you choose to go to trial. That is good to know. Okay. So a more specific part of victim blaming is publicly scrutinizing a victim's dress, mental state, motives, and history. Pretty much what this means is that, like I said before, if someone comes forward and they ask about what they were wearing and things like that, but also if you bring up a victim's past, like past experiences don't equate wanting anything necessarily, just because in the past they might have said yes to something or yes to doing something with someone 
doesn't mean that in this scenario they did. So you can't justify any rape based off of someone's history. And that also kind of goes into another part of rape culture that we actually haven't spoken about yet is the idea that women in relationships, whether it be a boyfriend or a husband, can't get raped because you're in a relationship. Right. That is not true. It is very false. And this is kind of goes perfectly along with what Molly was saying about history. Just because you're married to someone doesn't mean they're entitled to your body at any time. If you're having a bad day, if you're on your period, if you're just not in the mood and you say no and they still force it, that's great. That's great because you said no and no means no. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry that I keep saying women because women are right. the biggest group right. that get assaulted. But that's not to say men can't get raped. That men can't they get can. raped. And, or that women don't rape. Right. Women do rape. It, they do. So We're not trying to be exclusive here yeah. at all. We're but using these just, terms just because they're the most common. But that's not to say that the reverse doesn't happen. Right. And also not to say that women can't rape women, men can't rape men. Right. Women can't rape men. No. Exactly. It can be any, any form. Mm-hmm. Rape is rape. Yeah. No matter who the perpetrator is and what they identify as. The assumption that only promiscuous women get raped. As people, we have a right to our own bodies. Now, I what my personal beliefs are and what, say, Molly's or any other human being are going to be different. If I'm not okay with showing my body, that's my choice. But if I am... That's your choice. And that shouldn't be a rape sentence. No, it shouldn't. And just because someone chooses to dress a certain way or behave a certain way when they go out doesn't mean that they're asking you to do that to them. They probably aren't. Honestly, they're probably just doing it for themselves because they feel confident. And they are like, I'm proud of what I look like and I want to show it off. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's wrong if you advance on someone for that reason. Absolutely. Not to mention that rapists are gonna rape. Yes. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. Exactly. If a person is deciding that they're gonna rape somebody, you could be in sweats. Yes. In no makeup, flip-flops, walking down to the convenience store. Or you could be butt-ass naked in the middle of a football field just running around if a rapist wants to rape they will rape it has nothing to do with what a person is wearing nope not at all when when we say that women should be able to dress however they want it's less about rape and more about the littler things like getting tapped on the butt yes being catcalled yes all of these things perpetuate you know, rape, rape culture. culture. So even when it's not like, so a rapist is going to rape. That's the first thing. Second thing is, if I dress promiscuously, that's not an excuse for you to spank me, cat call me, make dumb jokes, grind up on me. Right. All those things that my outfit isn't giving you permission to do any of that. An outfit is not consent. Yeah. An outfit is not consent. So... Please don't make that assumption that it is. Mm -hmm. Trivializing sexual assault. 
just sexual assault should have a zero tolerance policy always. It is not something to belittle or to joke about. Like, and the thing about this is so many times it's done by women to women, which is the part that's like actually heartbreaking to be like, oh, he was just hitting on you, you know? Oh, that was just his way of complimenting you. Exactly. No. It's, It's not. If it makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to be subjected to it. Mm-hmm. And women should be more understanding of it. And this kind of goes along with something that I've learned as I've gotten older, but women can be misogynistic too. All the time. Yes. So a lot of times that women don't even realize it, but they are hurting themselves when they say these things. Absolutely. It's just... It's not a compliment, it's creepy, it's scary, and it shouldn't happen. So please just don't tolerate it. If if this happens to one of your friends and they say that they're uncomfortable, like listen to them mm-hmm. and support them. And again, that's not to say that men can't feel this way right. because there's plenty of times where I've been at, you know, just out and about and a girl will be like, "Oh my god, look at that butt," you know, right. like to a guy and or they come up to a guy and they'll like grab his shoulder Mm -hmm. and like be like at his chest super flirty super touchy yeah and it's if you're uncomfortable in that situation you you don't have to keep going just because you're a guy and you think that that's your job right because it's not and then of course their guy friends are going like oh yeah get it man exactly like no that makes them uncomfortable they don't want to be in that situation if you're the bottom line is if you're uncomfortable you have every right to say no regardless of your gender and of whatever else whatever the situation is if you're uncomfortable even if it's just like a pat on the shoulder, if you didn't like that, you have the right to be like, stop, don't do that to me. And it's any little thing, because sexual assault is not just rape, it's it's groping, it's like forceful, like kissing, that's, anything without consent is sexual assault. Yeah. So if somebody's doing that to you, you have the right to tell them to stop, and you have the right to feel upset about it. Because they were invading your personal space. And just because it's something small doesn't mean it's not a big deal. Exactly. Like, you're entitled to your emotions. You should fully be able to feel however you want to feel about any situation. Like, like even just when it's not about sexual assault in any way. If yes. I'm, like, upset. Yes. Or if anyone really is upset and then your friend is like, oh, it's just, like, get over it, you know? It's, like, yes. such a little thing. Doesn't that make you more mad? Yes. It may, it, that gets to me so bad. I'm like, just let me be mad for one day and I'll get over it tomorrow. Right. This is the same thing on a much bigger scale. Yes. If you're not going to put me down and I'm already feeling down, don't make me feel like I'm the person to blame for somebody else's misdoings. Right. Exactly. I'm not the one that just catcalled myself. Right. You know? And I didn't just grope myself, so... Sexually explicit jokes. So, pretty much, locker room talk is, you probably have an idea in your head of what it is now. If you know what the term means, then you know what I'm talking about. But it's very, very disgusting, derogatory language when talking about girls around you and what they look like. 
what their like boob size is, what their butt looks like, things like that, what you've done with them. Mm-hmm. What's your body count? What did she do to you? Like, what yeah. did you do to her? In very explicit detail, too. Yeah, and that's not to say that, like, if you're a guy, you can't share your sexual experiences with your friends. Right. No, feel free. But that's different than saying, oh, and then I took the bitch home and I railed her. That is not That is not okay. Or her friends wanted it too. Exactly. Oh, the way she was looking at me, it's like she wanted it. Right. That that is locker room talk, and that is not a way to talk about women, period. Nope. Because we are not designed to just be used for pleasure. Mm -hmm. We're our own people, too. We are not sexual objects that you can just talk about like that. Exactly. It's like when we're in a locker room to men, women just become nameless, faceless objects. Yep. You really think they're going to be saying our names in there? No, it's that bitch, that girl, that hoe, that slut. Which is where the derogatory part comes from. Like, it's just, uh, and it shouldn't be condoned, but it's it's part of the looking tough, looking strong, I did that attitude that men are supposed to have. Yeah. And also, you know, it's going to lead into our next podcast when we talk about frats and how this is such a big part of like the hazing process. But also part of locker room talk is what what is your body count? Right. How many? How many? That is such like, and if you don't have a certain number, you're not man enough. Which then it's like, hmm, well, if I can't get a girl and I'm not a man because my body count isn't high enough, well, I'm going to have to go out and force it. So next is the toleration of sexual harassment. The two biggest perpetuators of this is sadly the media and the police. Like we said earlier, the police ask these questions that completely shift blame onto the victim. And secondly, the fact that a lot of the times police don't care or don't believe that this is a real victim standing in front of them is like a huge problem. Like the numbers of men or sorry, of perps going to jail for rape and sexual violence versus the number of people affected, that largely is due to the way that police handle these situations. And that is not okay. Sorry, 230 to 46. The only people you're in contact with after you report is police and lawyers. So the justice system has really failed survivors completely. And then media. Now, media, as in like Hollywood and film and movies, is a different story. And they also kind of promote this false narrative and patriarchy and all of this. But when I talk about media, I'm referring to news outlets when they cover rape. Now, I'm going to pull a quote from CNN's correspondent Poppy Harlow. She said this of a convicted rapist in 2013. She said, this is going to ruin his life. It's incredibly difficult, even for an outsider like me, to watch what happened to these two young men that had such promising futures. Star football players, very good students, literally watched as they believed their lives fell apart. 
their lives, the rapist lives fell apart. But not the victim. Not Not the the victim. victim. The victim's just happy and celebrating right now. Yeah, she's really happy that she got raped. Yes, she's so excited that that happened to her, Mm because that's something everybody wants to have happen. What? This is... This ties back to what I said. Women have internalized misogyny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and, a woman saying these things, feeling bad that a rapist's life was ruined. And not to mention, I'm sorry, I know I just cut you off, but these men that she was talking about didn't go to jail. So their lives didn't even get impacted besides the fact that they got caught. They got a slap on the wrist. Yep. But their lives fell apart versus a victim who was literally stripped of her basic human rights. Yep. And now has to deal with the trauma of that happening. Mm-hmm. It, which probably will last forever. Yeah. And not, let alone the personal trauma that she's facing in her own life and her own turmoil versus the trauma that the media has now put on her because people are, oh, you ruined my ruined favorite player's life. Yep. You're the reason my favorite player is suspended for three months. You're just a liar. Yes. It was, if it happened, it was your fault. You shouldn't have dressed like that. You shouldn't have gone to his party. You owed him sex because you did this. So now, not only is she feeling like an object because that just happened to her, now she's feeling like it's garbage. Her, yeah, she feels like it's her fault and that she's ruining everybody's lives because this happened to her. And that she somehow deserved to, have to be that raped. Happen. Yes. Oh, my God. That makes me sick to my stomach. That should make anyone sick to their stomach. We don't treat robberies like that. We don't treat murder like nope. that. We don't say, oh, it's it's the victim's fault for getting killed. Right. Wrong place, wrong time. Sorry. What? Imagine if that's how everything was treated. Just... Nothing would get done. Nothing there would be would no trust done. in the system. It would be an anarchy. Yes. Okay, so next... We have defining manhood as dominant and sexually aggressive and defining womanhood as submissive and sexually passive. This, you know, promotes the idea of patriarchy, promotes the idea of toxic masculinity, you know, things that we've already been talking about. But it just provides so much leeway for thinking rape is okay because men are strong, men are dominant, women are submissive at all times, so... They're not going to stop me, and if they don't say no, it's not rape, so I'm just going to do it. Exactly. Speaking on that, if there's not clear consent, it's rape. Yeah. So, if you didn't actively hear a yes, it's rape. And no isn't always no. It can be like, oh, I don't feel like it right now. Oh, maybe let's do something else. I'm just not in the mood. Maybe I'm not another really time. feeling well. It can come up. No can be a bunch of different things. The thing about rape is it's been proven over and over and over again that it's about power and dominance. Perpetrators love asserting their dominance. And when there's this idea that women are submissive naturally, then why wouldn't I right. be the dominant one? They're already submissive. Why wouldn't I assert my power and dominance over them? It makes it easier to assume that women are going to automatically want that. And that's just not the case. Um, next is inflating false rape report statistics. This number that I'm about to read out to you is 
real. It is from National Sexual Violence Resource Center. Only 2 to 8% of sexual assault reports are fake. 2 to 8%. Yeah. So at the very least, 92% of reports are real. So, so if we go back to that 1,000 example that I gave, if all of them reported, that means only 20 women. So that actually, I'm sorry, that means 980 women would have actually been sexually right. assaulted. However, only 4.5 end up going to jail. And that's just wrong. People are like, men always talk about how they're scared now. They don't want to do anything because any woman at any time could blame them for abusing her. What? Why? I would much rather believe a victim who was giving out a false statement than accidentally side with a rapist. Exactly. I'll take my 8% chance. Me too. Any day. Me too. Definitely. And if you're so afraid that a woman is going to do that to you, maybe you should think about yourself and reflect on why you're afraid. Have you been taking advantage of women? Probably. Do you participate in these behaviors? Probably. Let's re-examine why you're so scared. Exactly. Because if you're not doing anything wrong, you won't be afraid. If you have heard yes and you've waited for yes, then you're not going to have that happen to you. Mm-hmm. Unless you haven't, which is why I understand your fear. But fix that. Right. And that's like men being like, oh, we can't even talk to women in the workplace anymore. No, you can talk to women yeah. in the workplace. That's fine. You just can't go out to a woman and be like, mm, that skirt looks so good on you. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that. I'm, I'm sorry. good. I'm all set. I came to work to do my job, not to be a pleasure to you. Maybe don't drag your locker room talk into the workplace. Next, okay, this goes back to a point we've already talked about earlier, but assuming that men don't get raped and those who do are weak. Men report, so let me talk about reporting in general, um, just so you guys have some kind of idea. So only 32% of women report their rape. Less than 20% of men report their rape. And that ties in to toxic masculinity and the idea that men are supposed to be the dominant and strong ones. So this, I shouldn't be able to be raped. I'm weak if I get raped. I'm not the strong dominant one if I got raped. Exactly. So only the men that get raped are these like flamboyant boys who like, you know, are flowery in air quotes and exactly too feminine exactly and that's not true yeah because it happens to any man Mm -hmm. it can happen to any man and any partner can be the perpetrator yeah it also goes into this idea that like only men rape men the only men are rapists so if a man got raped by another man it's because he's like being I hate saying this, but, and I'm doing it in air quotes, but he's, like, being gay. He's, like, right. acting gay. He's, like, asking for it, right. which is not true. And there's a huge history behind me, like, men reporting men for rape. If this happened in, I want to say, anywhere in the 1900s, that man, eight out of ten times, is going to leave the police station and immediately face violent retribution from either his perp 
or friends or families of that perp or just people in the town in general mad that they made such an accusation yes they're gonna so now they got raped they did the only thing they could think of which was tell the police and now they are being beaten and sometimes killed and literally hanged in public places because they reported a rape exactly and that fear doesn't go away yeah that history doesn't go away but I'm here to tell you that if it's happened to you, your experience is valid. And it doesn't matter if it was a man doing it to you or a woman, because women can be rapists. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what gender you are. You can still take advantage of someone and yeah. still act dominant. And if you're a guy and you've had an experience, then your experience is valid and real and you shouldn't be ashamed of it happening to you because it wasn't your fault. Absolutely. And, and if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, which makes total sense, just know that this can be a source of comfort to you. You're, you're valid and what happened to you was real and it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to women being the rapists, a lot of the times... I don't, I don't know how, how other people would handle it, but for me, I feel like the first thing I would do is tell someone I'm close to rather than go to the police. So if a man is, if, if is going to behave in the same way, they were just raped by a woman, they would tell their friends, like their, say their closest friend, their brother, their whatever, this just happened to me. I can guarantee nine out of 10 times their friends are going to be like, oh, bro, you just like got so lucky. You just scored, bro. Why are you mad? So it's like, even the whole culture is being like, oh, well, if a woman does it to you, then like, good on you, bro. You just got it. Exactly. And if you weren't comfortable, then it's wrong. It's all about consent, clear consent and your level of comfort with what the situation is happening. And also like what I said earlier about being in Massachusetts, being able to go to a hospital, having everything taken care of. That applies to men, too. If you're a man and you get raped or sexually assaulted in any way and you need to go to a hospital, you can get a rape test. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also just, like, be checked out just to make sure everything's okay. You can talk to a mental health professional in that hospital. Yes. Like, you deserve that. Yes. And it is guaranteed to you. So please feel free, if this happens to you, go to a hospital if you don't feel comfortable reporting to the police. And they aren't going to judge you at the hospital. Mm -hmm. They're going to take care of you and make sure everything's okay. Absolutely. And patient confidentiality. Yes. Whatever you tell your doctor, whatever you tell your nurse, whatever you tell anyone attending to you in that hospital. Stays between you and them. It will not leave that room. It will not leave that hospital. Please don't feel scared. They can't report to the police. Even if you don't want to, they can't do it for you. Exactly. So the last point is refusing to take rape accusations seriously. So this kind of ties together the entire idea of rape culture. Yes. Whether it's victim blaming, whether it's the idea that women want to be raped or that women are submissive, whether it's the fact that men are just men, they're going to behave like that regardless of what we do. Rape is rape. Rape should not be laughed off. There should be a zero tolerance policy for any kind of sexual assault. Don't, it's not this little thing that we can just pretend doesn't happen. It's a very big, very real problem that's been around for pretty much since humans evolved. Mm -hmm. And 
we have to work to dismantle these ideas to make a more safe environment for everybody. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope you'll join us next week. Now, obviously, this was a super hard thing to talk about, and this is probably one of our longer podcasts. So just remember that, you know, if you ever need someone to talk to, feel free, even if it's just to me and Molly, feel free to reach out to us on our Change Today podcast on Instagram. You know, send us a message. We are more than happy to read it over, to talk to you, whatever it is. Please, if you feel like, if this has happened to you and you feel like there's nobody on your side, there are. Even if it doesn't seem like there is, there are. are. You can call the national hotline. You can, you know, hopefully you have a friend, a family member, a teacher, anyone that you really trust that you can talk to. Even if it is just a DM to Change Today podcast on Instagram, somebody will listen to you because people care. Yes, this is definitely a safe space for anyone. We don't just want to give you information. We really want to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And you can always trust us. Whatever you have to say will stay between us. And if you, you know, even want to be a part of the podcast, if you want to bring your story to life, we would love to give you the platform to do so. Of course, to your own comfort, but that is always an option. Mm -hmm. And we're always open to that. So with all of that being said, don't forget that that there is always hope for change today. today.